Hello, I'm Marcha Witch. Welcome to From the World Up. Today we're talking about that oldest profession, prostitution. Okay, first up, I apologise for my cat. She's in a bad mood and she won't shut up. Uh, there are around uh, 42 million prostitutes in the world. It is known as the world's oldest profession for a reason. As long as there have been people having crafts, there have been those whose craft is their body. Um, if you are writing a matriarchal society, um, I would consider um, making your prostitution uh, have a degree of uh, consistency in it. So either uh, the male or female equivalent of a mistress um, or a concubine, rather than um, visiting um, in the way that you would visit a dentist. Um, because uh, I did a Twitter poll, a lot, most like 70% of women are more likely to uh, say no to the question without taboos, would you use a prostitute or a, or a male prostitute or a female prostitute um, as an alternative to dating. Um, of course, we live in a patriarchal world. There are very few pockets of matriarchal power left in the world, almost all of them tribal. And uh, so it is very, very difficult to get a read on anything from a pure... Um, unbiased point of view unless you talk to autistic people um, and speaking as an autistic person I don't really see the problem um, if, if you know if I could afford a prostitute I probably would get one um, right moving on um, the patriarchal values don't just change uh, therefore whether or not there is a taboo towards prostitution it would also change um, what prostitutes look like um, if you take your mental image, it's you know a very either very slender body but with large breasts, um, therefore emphasizing um, the uh, weakness of the body that can be overpowered, um, but also the um, reproductive um, organs and the reproductive uses of a woman um, having you know that large breasts, very skinny. Um, if you think of what you imagine a male prostitute or a gigolo to look like. Uh, it's very much the sort of like the pretty, uh, pretty boy, very slender, things like that. Because again, somebody in this kind of society, if you're paying for it, you want to dominate it. Um, in a matriarchal society, I would consider more um, the uh, gladiatorial uh, Conan the Barbarian type who might be, you know, put out to stud, um, who might um, be warriors who are then visited. You know, like that line in Gladiator, the film, um, where she pretends to be able to get in to talk to him by pretending to be a noblewoman who just wants to have her wicked way with him. Um, it's that kind of thing of, of the idea of a, a woman would might want to possess someone for reasons other than they um, fit a mental image, um, which is not to say that women don't objectify men. We do. I certainly do. Um, but uh, we objectify often for different reasons. Um, in this, And in the same way that... Um, a man might objectify a woman for having large boobs, a woman is just as likely to objectify a man because he looks like he's nice. Um, and believe me, I hate that about my gender. Um, it has been said throughout history um, that uh, prostitutes um, should be legalised to protect innocent women and innocent men from uh, the violence and lust and rapine uh, tendencies, sorry, it's my cat irritating me again, tendencies of men. Um, this is said by the present incel movement and also St. Augustine. Um, as far back as the 1000s, I think, St. Augustine, possibly earlier. Possibly earlier. Not entirely sure. 
Um, but it's obviously, it's something that um, male chroniclers uh, come back to, is this belief that um, women should be sacrificed on the altar of male violence um, and that prostitutes are the way to do that. Uh, if you want to have this vocalised in your book, it should be vocalised from um, a villainous point of view. It is not fair for prostitutes to be raped or uh, to be uh, exposed to the more violent um, aspects of human nature just to spare those who are not prostitutes. Um, it's just ridiculous. Um, in addition to this, um, in the medieval era, prostitutes were thought to be um, beneficial for uh, infidelity. Sorry, for fidelity. Um, in that um, if a man was sleeping with a prostitute, he wouldn't have an affair. Um, the general concept here is that it is so, so difficult for men to stay faithful, which we all know is not actually true. Um, and uh, so have I look into... Uh, the fact that the court had a marshal among whose uh, jobs was to select courtesans so that for those civil servants who were working with the king had access to clean, high-skill um, prostitutes uh, to select from and from which to select and also have a look into the Winchester geese. Um, during the 12th century, the um, Bishop of Winchester was in charge of all the prostitutes in London. The phrase uh, goose walking on your grave, that's because prostitutes used to hang out in cemeteries. Um, so the idea is like, oh, there's a prostitute standing on my future gravesite. It's technically what you're saying when you say that. Um, and it's uh, it's it's from this, this concept of the Winchester geese. Really interesting. Um, recommend you look into it if you want to have um, a centralised prostitution. Prostitution, the taboo, have gone hand in hand throughout history. In a prohibitive society, which um, most of them have been, um, the only way to explore any kind of um, non-missionary style uh, heterosexual um, sex has been through prostitution. Um, so uh, for any kind of kink has to be explored through a paid route because there is no alternative. Um, Prostitution is a very uh, good way to find out, using a prostitute is a good way to find out if something is a kink or if it's just a curiosity. Um, whether you are actually um, dedicated to, for example, a BDSM lifestyle um, or relationship um, is best tried out once rather than, you know, committed to um, straight off. And then for you to disappoint both of you by uh, finding out that actually, no, you can't go through with that. Um, in a prohibitive society as well, there's a degree to which uh, standing could be lost if you started a relationship with somebody who then um, talked about your secrets in the, from the bedroom outside. Um, and uh, obviously in a, uh, a an Abrahamic society, uh, there is such a stigma against uh, any sexuality that is not cis-hetero um, that um, there would be a huge amount of shame put on somebody if they express any kind of interest and the only way to uh, act on that kind of uh, desire or um, natural instinct would be through prostitution. Um, if you are doing that kind of uh, society, either matriarchal or patriarchal, um, where one sex um, in a, in a bi-gendered um, pa uh, paradigm is uh, less important than the other, 
um, you need to consider whether prostitution is worse or better than marriage. Um, uh, do you have children being married off at a young age? Do you have, um, you know, people in like that sort of Austin era uh, mindset of having to marry a rich husband in order to protect the rest of their family, uh, which is in itself a form of prostitution? Um, and um, whether or not uh, that society permits um, a range of sexualities or if um, heteronormative is the only one in your world. If that is so, I would encourage you to either to um, make that to be seen in a bad light because otherwise you're a bad person. Yep, I'm going to say that. Um, I would also, um, yeah, if you're looking into um, the uh, sexuality aspect, you might be interested to know that in the 14th century, for example, brothels were not just legalised, but encouraged by the church uh, not to combat infidelity this time, but to combat homosexuality. Um, because they thought that if there were more women available, then the gay men wouldn't be gay anymore, or bless. Um, and that is uh, contrasts to uh, like the ancient Greek attitude, which was basically, if you want it, if you want to put your dick in it and you're prepared to pay for it, psh, um, you know, obviously they still had a very uh, um, imbalanced gender thing, but, but sexuality was not as much of a problem. Um, in the Roman context, it was perfectly acceptable for a man to put his dick into another man, uh, but there was some, a huge amount of taboo and shame to being the guy that received. Um, so yeah, so that was fine if you were going to a brothel and though they were all out of women, provided you didn't get anything put in yourself. Um, I don't understand that. I have never been able to understand that mindset. I don't think that's just the autism. Um, I'm going to move on then for to um, the Romans in just a bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important. If you're going to be writing a prohibitive society, Prostitution is a really, really good way to do it because um, even if they force the prostitutes to be outside the city limits, um, as was the case in Christian cities throughout the medieval era, uh, for example, Chester's Love Lane, you know, just on the, the what is now really considered the town centre, that was outside the city gates and it was where all the prostitutes lived, well, worked. Um, so the, the, that is a, a, a strong um, theme throughout all three Abrahamic nations, uh, not nations, religions. Um, but they tend to just, they like having other prostitutes, they just have to be slightly out of town. Um, for example, the city of London, uh, Southwark was counted outside uh, the city, and that's why all the prostitutes live there. Um, because again, it was outside the city bounds. Um, so, yeah. While people shouldn't be ranked, um, there are certainly different ranks of... Um, safety and autonomy within prostitution as a whole um whether uh, somebody is um an owned slave of uh, a brothel or um a husband um once you are owned for nothing but sex uh, that is pretty much the um most vulnerable um a sex worker can be um, then probably the next one up is a streetwalker who has a pimp and therefore has somebody that they have to answer to and who doesn't get to choose uh, their own clients. Um, then a brothel, again, who doesn't get to choose their clients and possibly has no share, but in a medieval context has a roof over their head um, and hopefully regular meals. Um, 
then the next one up from that, although they might not have a home, would be a streetwalker who does actually have autonomy, who can choose their own clients, who can choose uh, where they go and can always say no, um, which is, uh, I think, at the very least, if you're trying to uh, present a positive um, version of prostitution, you should have nothing below that. Um, anything, any, autonomy is the first um, and most important aspect that uh, must be considered. Um, excuse me, there is a plane going overhead and I am running out of time, so I'm just going to have to wait till it passes. Um, so the next uh, step up from that is, is being either a, having a house or sharing a house with a group of other women. Um, I believe that, um, although obviously the term is not applicable um, as an alternative to prostitutes, um, when it was, um, there were geishas who owned houses and uh, the house is, wasn't exactly uh, a brothel, but um, these women were able to have, have a single place where they could each bring clients back. Um, the next step up would be um, owning a share in a specialist house, such as a bathhouse. Um, I'm going to go into bathhouses in a bit more detail in a bit. Um, and therefore, they would have uh, protection, um, potentially medical benefits, depending on whether or not you're writing in a medieval context or not. Um, I've read books where um, th where there were doctors who uh, spec who specialised, that's what I'm looking for, in um, brothels. Um, and, you know, for their room and board would live in and uh, then seek extra clients as the, when they needed it. Um, after this level and uh, the level of, of having a share in a house or a bathhouse, uh, we're getting up to courtesans who um, were more prized. Again, a courtesan in the terms of somebody who is a prostitute at a court and still doesn't have autonomy um, uh, is not, that's not a positive um, role to go in. They can be very useful uh, narratively and politically. Um, if anyone has ever seen Dangerous Beauty, the way that they portray the moment that Veronica Franco is coerced, emotionally and politically coerced, into sleeping with the King of France uh, in order to save her, her city-state, um, or rather to um, bolster their, their navy, um, is a really good example of how um, you could have all the riches and the position in the world, but coercion is still coercion. Um, the uh, really good uh, uh, portrayal of courtesans, sorry, a really good portrayal of courtesans is actually uh, that in uh, Firefly. Um, and, and don't be pretending you haven't seen Firefly, because if you haven't, um, I'm hoping that you are not old enough to listen to this podcast. Um, they're very similar to the Oirans in in, uh, in Japan, and like even the Teyus in Japan, in that they have autonomy and communication with each other, which means that uh, they can blacklist somebody who is violent or um, has an STD um, and things like that. And that is uh, the best level, pretty much. Um, for a, a, a society in which there are courtesans is, is to ensure that you have it in your world that they have the ability to say no. Um, otherwise, you are glorifying a form of sex slavery rather than um, uh, representing prostitution in a positive light. Um, the next two are a mistress who has uh, an owner for... Um, which is difficult to phrase, uh, somebody who has chosen a, a single client or a single patron. 
Um, for example, in a lot of Regency novels, uh, the heroine will start out as a courtesan because it is the only way to write sexually um, sexually uh, aware women uh, in that era is to write a, a, a widow or a, a courtesan or both. Um, now, there's a degree to which those women will also uh, will lack autonomy if they have a cruel client who won't let them go, for example. Um, and that's just one of my favourite stories uh, and are in need of help um, in order to um, stage their own rescue. Um, that's a really good narrative device. Um, but be careful and leery of uh, portraying these women always as bad people. Um, in Heyer era Regency books, for example, the only time courtesans and mistresses are ever mentioned is are as these um, selfish bitches who treated the virgin's future husband in a bad way because they were so selfish and mean and wanted money and presents, uh, even though that was their um, way of, of supporting themselves and potentially families. Uh, so be leery of that. Um, and of course, the absolute best one to be, it would be um, a dominatrix style um, mistress uh, who not only has autonomy but has control over her clients and can pick and choose and has the uh, upper hand, is the alpha to their beta um, and therefore is in less risk of being controlled or badly treated. Um, so yeah, those are some uh, of the different types and the different, uh, again, rankings isn't the right word because I'm not saying that one is better, is a better person than the other, but certainly that it is a better um, career path to be uh, a mistress than it is to be uh, a pimped streetwalker. Um, I'm going to run down a few different types um, to give you some inspiration um, and hopefully to uh, help you think about different ways to approach prostitution in your world. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about, which obviously fits in very nicely with a fantasy construct, uh, is the idea of sanctified prostitutes. So uh, priestesses um, who can be approached for sex or who use it in rituals. Um, in uh, ancient Rome, ancient Greece, um, obviously um, these women uh, were found and um, it was only in, uh, with the uh, conversion to Christianity that um, the uh, approach to, to women and to prostitution changed so dramatically into uh, taking the uh, Abrahamic view of shaming women for their um, shaming women for their um, promiscuity and the negative concept concept of promiscuity. Uh, I'm going to move on quickly because I'm pissing myself off talking about it. Um, but anyway, um, these days the only example really is the Devadasi, I think I pronounced that right, um, in some Hindu temples. And there is a lot of contro controversy around them about them and choice um, anyway. Um, but um, yeah, that idea of priestesses who um, are uh, sexually active and who uh, use that sexual activity um, as a form of worship. Uh, sex was a huge part of a lot of pagan rituals, but I might do that as a, as a separate podcast someday. Um, I've already mentioned the Winchester geese. Um, it's a really good way of like saying that one civil servant, male or female, or one religious leader, male or female, is in charge of um, regulating the prostitutes. It can be very amusing simply because of the um, long-suffering nature of that kind of, of leader. And it was it was basically, it was in the 12th century, um, late 12th century, the Bishop of Winchester was sort of given this job, didn't want it. 
it wasn't like he was a slut and he was like, give me all the prostitutes. It was that um, the the king sort of said, I need this organized. And by the way, I need taxes to fight the French because I always need taxes to fight the French. Why don't we start taxing the prostitutes more and um, make it illegal for anyone to be a prostitute who isn't registered through the, through the crown? Uh, who's going to deal with it? And it just got assigned to the Bishop of Winchester. Um, the phrase uh, geese walking on your grave comes from the Winchester geese. Please, seriously, look into the Winchester geese. It's just, I want more, I think I want crime solving books about them. Anyway, um, the next step um, is uh, consider considering that brothels can be regulated. Um, in the 1800s, um, the French and Russians both did this. They both had um, like state registration for brothels and then had like inspectors going around to make sure there were no STDs or STIs going around. And um, that level is, is uh, it's sensible. Um, it means it's a bit, it would be as uh, commonplace as uh, when you get um, certifications in restaurants for cleanliness and things. Um, and I just, that is a, a, I think a really, mwah, very clever, very good use of um, uh, world history to build your own world. I would really recommend doing that. Um, many, um, if you're going, going back to the prohibitive side of things, is the idea of them being outside the city walls, um, either with like a red light district or um, just as in like an encampment um, or just that this, the second you go out, it's like stepping into Las Vegas. Um, and then um, whether or you know, Southwark, the whole freaking borough of Southwark turned into a, the playground of London um, and then ended up by the uh, late 1700s, it had turned into like vice and danger and things like that. But that was because in the medieval era, it was um, legal to have a prostitute, uh, for, for prostitutes to be in um, outside the city of London in Southwark and cheaper because they didn't have to pay um, taxes to the Bishop of Winchester. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting over-involved and over-excited. Um, one of my favourite uh, um, uh, aspects of, of prostitutes in history is the way that um, the Roman camps, uh, they would all have uh, a brothel in the same way that these days you might say, okay, so on this um, RAF base, we're going to have a dentist. Um, and because there were auxiliaries from all over the world, um, the brothel would have like a kebab shop style menu so you could go in and say, okay, I'll have a number three. Can I get that with foreplay? Okay, awesome. I'll have a number three with foreplay and then I'll have a number six. Um, and I just, I love that. Um, also, um, you would have men and women in these um, brothels um, provided you were not receiving from a man. Um, you would lose no standing within um, your... What are they called? Roman group of soldiers my brain's gone a little bit blank regiment well, in your regiment uh you wouldn't be uh, looked down upon provided you were giving so if you got in there and they're like i'm sorry everyone's busy we've but we've got you know toby um then you could have you could you could fuck toby you just couldn't get bu fucked by toby um uh, that kind of uh, prohibitive stuff that just doesn't make no sense to me that absolutely no sense um please in the comments explain to me why the romans thought it was you know fine to give but not to receive um it's it's probably a patriarchal thing but i'm not entirely sure um anyway yeah i really like that whole kebab shop style um set out it's also interesting that the um roman prostitutes were called she wolves i think linking into the whole romulus and rima thing as a sign of respect because they were these kick-ass women um who 
you know, were giving pleasure and all and taking pleasure and all the rest of it rather than um the um wives and daughters and sisters kind of aspect. Um but cool nicknames, always a good thing. Um just in anything. And a nickname like She Wolves is fantastic, especially considering that the Romans venerated wolves to such a degree. Um in the Ottoman Empire, um, the bathhouses were usually uh, had male prostitutes in them, um, but in modern fantasy, I know there is a lot of a lot more of uh, bathhouses being used as um, a, an aspect of um, brothels. I really love it because I like going to spas, so the idea of being able to go to a spa and then get sex would be fantastic. Um, so uh, yeah, any any fantasy that has that in there is, is obviously written by an intelligent and wonderful human being. Um, but yeah, because it normalizes it that it's uh, a treatment rather than um, a taboo. So if you're trying to write a society which has prostitution, but which uh, doesn't have the same um, Abrahamic restrictions on sex, that might be a good way to go about it, um, is to have um, bathhouses where it's just another treatment. You know, again, the number two with foreplay. Women who are prostitutes have always been separated from uh, other women uh, very visually. Um, in medieval Russia, um, a pale-skinned woman was assumed to be a prostitute because uh, the cold wind or the summer sun hadn't coloured her cheeks. So if you have pale skin, uh, you're in danger of being you know, called a prostitute in the same way that if you wear a short skirt in America, you might get called a prostitute. Um, the uh, In medieval um, and Renaissance Italy, uh, the colour was red. Uh, for women to wear um, in other places in the world, um, be it prostitutes were made to wear yellow skin or just yellow scarves or a knot of yellow um, at their shoulder. Uh, that was one of the ones I read. Um, some kind of identi identifying feature, um, ostensibly uh, to protect those who are not prostitutes, but also so that men didn't get their faces slapped. Um, talking about Italy, um, it was in Italy that um, the Chopin chose worn those are those um massive great big platform high heels which were up to 24 inches high and they were actually assigned to prostitutes because they were becoming fashionable and uh, women kept twisting their ankles so they thought if we make prostitutes wear them then other women won't want to um which is just not how things work um we've already talked about uh, being separated um by uh by other city walls or being put into red light districts um, but the main separation, of course, would be uh, education, since um, education of women was seen as such a terrible thing to be, uh, to quote uh, Dangerous Beauty, promiscuity of the mind leads to, leads to promiscuity of the body. Um, if you read stuff, then you're going to turn into a whore, um, because you'll learn that, that men aren't just special, um, which is kind of like the mindset of, of a medieval and renaissance, uh, up to the renaissance and in the Victorian era was that if women learned stuff, um, then they'd realise that men didn't deserve to be in charge and that equality was a thing. Um, it's actually uh, was the same um, mindset as uh, white Americans used against black Americans for many years um, in the last century and to a degree at the moment, um, because uh, if you don't educate people, then and if you have a control of what education they uh, have access to, uh, then they won't um, question being treated as a lesser species. They'll just accept that they are being treated in such a way. Uh, but when you read books and you find out that actually um, 
white people or men are just as fallible as you are yourself, then why should they be in control? Um, so education is a huge way in, uh, in that the women can be controlled. And uh, that made, uh, in, in, to spin it around, that meant that, that uh, courtesans were some of the most educated women in the world uh, and some of the most uh, literate and literary women of various time periods. Um, you can flip it around and if you're having a matriarchal society, you need to consider whether you want to have the same thing. So uh, marriageable men are kept stupid and therefore um, male prostitutes are um, trying to be more intelligent and read more and things like that. Or whether you want to do away with that entirely um, and just assume that, that women want everyone clever. I mean, um, I'm not going to be snarky. You know, what? it's too easy. Too easy. Um, anyway, all this links into this idea of slut shaming, the idea that you need to be able to point out a prostitute and say she is a slut and she is not worthy of, of interest and, and stopping your sweet, innocent daughters from talking to somebody who is a prostitute. So if you are going for a prohibitive society, uh, you need to consider that um, the fact that they usually had a way of keeping the prostitutes separate from um, marriageable women. Um, also, obviously, uh, consider health. If you're going to have a uh, realistic fantasy setting, not fan uh, real fantasy realism, but a realistic fantasy setting, you need to consider whether or not STDs and STIs exist. Um, I've already mentioned um, the Russian and the French um, regulating uh, to, to keep those out um, and out of the uh, regulated brothels. Um, but these kind of things uh, li link into the whole idea of stigma and disassociating nice, good, honest citizens from prostitution. Um, as I personally think that a lot of that sprang out of the idea of not wanting uh, to get caught. You know, if, if you know that you're not going to go down the street and go, wait a minute, isn't that daddy? Um, if it's regulated as well, you get to um, stop the abuse of minors and um, the uh, concept of taking people who are underage and transporting them to another place. Uh, again, prohibitive society is a really good way to um, get a uh, abuse victim from one place to another. But speaking as a woman, please, if you are a male character, not a male character, a male writer, um, women are allowed to have backstories that don't involve sexual abuse. Just just so you know, just, yeah, just, just thought I'd share that. Um, people should never be a commodity, but um, people are frequently used as a commodity, as uh, I discussed to a degree in my slavery podcast. Um, so uh, if you're going to have that kind of evil, um, acknowledge it. Um, don't try and brush over your prostitution. If you're going to have evil, um, prohibitive society, um, then, then write that. But don't try and write everybody else being happy, but prostitutes still being abused and exploited. Um, prostitutes are people too and they're people with a skill set um, and if you are fine with assassins you have to be fine with prostitutes and if you're not fine with prostitutes have a long hard look at why um, because it may well be in uh, the indoctrinate um, aspects of living in a patriarchal society um, so yeah I would say consider those things I would also say have a look at a website called dirtysexyhistory.com it's where I got a lot of this information from um, and it's very good at uh, writing about social aspects of history, um, which obviously the history books until very recently just ignored because they weren't fit for academia to talk about. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's me. I hope this has been useful and helps you build your world.